Hello everybody, my name is Peter Evers and I have the privilege of being the CEO of BAMSI, Brockton Area Multi-Services Inc. And welcome to our new show, Humanity First. We've been providing podcasts for staff at BAMSI for the last two or three years. And I think we've probably done about 150 of them over that time. But now we're branching out a little bit uh, and going uh, live on uh, TV. Uh, and so it's great to be here. Um, and we're going to be talking about a number of things, but most of those things are about BAMSI and our community uh, and who we serve and what we do and how we connect with, uh, with members of the community. Um, for those um, who have heard the name BAMSI, you may have seen our signs all over from Worcester all the way down to the Cape with many, many programs that we provide in the Brockton area. Um, and this is... Uh, recently we've been through a rebranding, um, so you may have seen a change in those signs. And I bet people are wondering, I wonder what that BAMSI program is. I wonder what they do. Uh, and the secret really is in the words multi-service. BAMSI, BAMSI is around 50 years old. In fact, in 2025, we will have our 50th anniversary. And so we'll have a, a big celebration around that. Um, and about 50 years ago, uh, BAMSI was formed uh, in terms of a small clinic that provided services for children and adults and some OT and PT services, occupational therapy uh, and physical therapy services. And over the last 50 years, we have grown in our community providing services of all kinds to everybody. We are a program that serves uh, newborns all the way through to elders in, in terms of our elder services programs. And how do we connect with our community? We connect in so many different ways. But at the heart of what we do is our need and our, our vision uh, and our thought about providing services that help people improve their lives. We don't do the improving of the lives. We help people do that. Whether or not we're providing residential services, we have around 90 different homes in our communities where we provide services for adults uh, with developmental disabilities and adults with serious and persistent uh, mental illness. Um, and we do some things that really are at the cutting edge and not always as popular as you would think they would be. But let's talk about the world of substance use disorder for a, for a little bit. We provide harm reduction services at BAMSI with our COPE programs, both in the Brockton and the Plymouth areas. What do they do? They meet people where they're at with their addiction. There is so much talk these days about what is happening with substance use disorder, um, including, of course, um, the degrees, the disease of alcoholism, um, that we are finding different ways of providing treatment for people. And that treatment begins where the individual is. We have a real problem in our society with substance use disorder. For years and years, we've judged substance use disorder as a, uh, a choice, uh, as a lifestyle choice, we're really moving into a new period where we're recognizing that addiction is a disease like any other chronic disease, such as um, diabetes, for instance. And in fact, we're discovering that our recovery rates for people with substance use disorder are actually far above most of those other chronic disease disorders. When we begin to think about substance use uh, uh, disorder in this way. We begin to discard many of the old tropes about people who are making uh, choices to live like that. And we understand that a disease is reversible, that, uh, that people can recover from a disease, but we have to meet them where they're at. And in that sense, we are 
uh, an organization that hands out uh, syringes to people, clean syringes, so that people are not getting um, uh, infections of the blood and, and dying from those infections. We're handing out Narcan. Uh, Narcan is an amazing drug that reverses the effects of an overdose. Uh, and we've saved many, many lives doing that. This wasn't always a popular thing to do. That program also works with people who have HIV and, uh, and AIDS. Again, something that when we were faced with this uh, in the early to mid 80s, many organizations uh, shied away from, uh, thought that they wouldn't be doing that kind of thing because there was so much stigma attached to it. BAMSI is one of those organizations who just says, if there's a need in the community, that's exactly what we're going to do. Uh, and we've, um, and we're, we've been doing that over the last uh, 50 years or so. Over the next uh, few weeks, we are going to be talking to people who have had an effect on BAMSI and BAMSI has had an effect on them. We're going to be talking to members of the community, uh, important uh, VIPs uh, around uh, issues that affect BAMSI and affect our community. Uh, and in fact, today on our show, we are going to be talking to one of our promising um, young leaders, uh, Janica Chadwick, who is a program manager, and she's going to be talking about what BAMSI means to her uh, and how she has shaped many of the lives um, that she has been involved with with BAMSI and actually uh, in a long career before that. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking to um, the issue of uh, racial and social justice. We're going to be uh, examining uh, access uh, to services in the community. And we're going to have a member of our DASIA committee, that is our diversity, equity, inclusion, justice and access. It's a bit of a mouthful, but that's why we call it uh, DASIA, uh, with Gwen Broadway, who's going to come and talk a little bit about some of the activities that we've been involved with in BAMSI over the uh, last three years, uh, especially uh, post the murder of uh, George Floyd. And then the week after that, uh, we're very fortunate we're having the mayor of Brockton uh, Mayor Robert Sullivan come in to talk about some of those issues that I've been referring to uh, around providing services for vulnerable members of our community, uh, the issue of substance disorder and the issue of health and wellness in our community. So BAMSI is a very busy organization. BAMSI cares for people from zero all the way through to elders. And I will mention one thing, if I may, that every third Thursday of the month, uh, BAMSI holds a food drive for elders who live in the Tower Box in Brockton. And we meet at Teen Challenge on the third Thursday of every month at seven o'clock. And a group of amazing volunteers get together, unload 17,000 pounds of food from the Greater Boston Food Bank. Big shout out to those guys. They're amazing partners. And we have businesses that come and help us unload that food, put it into brown paper bags and then deliver it to people. It is an incredible thing to do. And I will tell you that during the pandemic, when we were doing this, I delivered food to one, one day to a, a person in the tower blocks. And the next month I went back and that person said, you know, the last person I saw was you. So a month had passed for that person, um, it, that elder in our tower blocks where they had no human contact. We know that in our communities uh, and in our world, in fact, that we do not pay attention to uh, elder issues, that we are not putting enough resources be behind that. And BAMSI believes in advocacy. 
Bamsey believes in targeting populations that are in need and making sure that our legislators know that monies need to go to those uh, to those individuals. And elders um, are a a really good example of that. Uh, any society should be judged by the way that it treats their vulnerable folks and those people who have given their lives to the communities they serve uh, and are in their elder years. Uh, and I think that's a very important thing that we have to uh, keep fighting for at BAMSI. So that's a little bit of about BAMSI. We're about 1,600 uh, people strong, and we're always looking for people to come in uh, and uh, to our workforce and to build a career and to think about making Bamsey their home. Um, it's uh, 1,600 people is a lot of people. We'd like to be bigger. We, we we have a number of vacancies in the organization, and that is from providing direct care in our residential programs to clinical care in our communities, work with children and families, um, all sorts of opportunities. And I would uh, I would urge people to have a look at bamsey.org, which is our website, uh, and go to careers and have a look at some of the opportunities. We're an organization who believes that the first day that you start, we begin working with you on a career and what a career might look like for you in human services. And there are so many opportunities. I would absolutely um, ask you to look at that website, bamsey.org. We're going to take a brief break now, and then we're going to talk to Janica, as I mentioned before. So we'll be back in a second. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm an essential worker here at BAMSI, and I'm a nurse. Nurses are essential here at BAMSI because as nurses, we really have the opportunity to make an impact. We have very small ratios, so we have the opportunity to really learn everything about the person served and be able to give the best care. It really serves such a great purpose for me as being a nurse and really why I came into nursing. Learn more about nursing opportunities at BAMSEJobs.org. Giving a voice to the voiceless, pulling stories out of the shadows and putting them under the spotlight, making sure that each person is valued and cared for. This is Humanity First with Peter Evers, presented by BAMSE. Welcome back, everybody, to Humanity First. And um, we have in the studio with us, Janica Chadwick. Hi, Janica. How are you doing? I'm well, Peter. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. And so you are our first guest on uh, the program, which is very exciting. Um, And uh, thank you so much for coming and and chatting with us today. Thank you for having me. So let's start uh, with you. Um, How long have you been working at uh, BAMSI? And I should say, of course, that you're a program manager at the organization. I've been at BAMSI since 2013. I started off as a residential counselor. And in 2018, I decided to make the move to a program manager. Yeah, and so you've been in the you've been a program manager during COVID and the whole the whole deal. Yes, during the pandemic that none of us were expecting, but we made it through. Yeah, yeah, and um, over the past three years, you know, you we we've been in a pretty ridiculous situation. I, in fact, nobody, uh, unless you were alive in uh, and working in nineteen eighteen, no. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has uh, has faced this in the workforce. Um, tell us a little bit about you, though, as well, and how you got to. I, I, it's always interesting to know what path people have taken to come into human services, and there might be people out, out there thinking, "Is this is this the the pathway for me?" Everybody's pathway is unique. What's what is what's yours? So my pathway in human services is knowing that we're all humans first, and no one is exactly perfect. So it's a different way in doing everything for an individual and yourself. So seeing their needs before your own needs. 
and being sure that there's gratitude in all things. I put that forth with all of my individuals. No matter where they are, I meet them to where they need to go, whether that be something, a skill that they need to know, whether they're doing job skills that they're trying to develop, understanding that I need to be that voice for them so that they can get the accomplishments that they need and doing vice versa with my staff members in the house that I oversee. Yeah. What was it? When did you first realize that you were made for this kind of work? So I first realized I was made for this type of work in the 11th grade. We were asked to do an assignment on figuring out in the, your community who was not spoken for and why they were not spoken for. And what honed home with me is I've always sought out the elders and understanding where their wisdom came from. And I realized they were very much forgot about population and understanding that no one really understood what their needs were and why we needed to care for them. Many of them, whether it be in our facility or other facilities, are not really spoken to to figure out their needs. So it was an interesting project. And then after high school, I entered into the human services field in 2011 and then eventually came to BMT. Do you think you would have come into the field anyway? That was just a, a little guidepost along the way for you? I think I would have probably ended up in some level of human services because I just like to help people. I'm very much of a helper. I can do a spirit and understanding that everyone needs help. Yeah. So when somebody comes in to the organization, what sort of words of wisdom do you give to those people as they're coming in and they haven't had much experience? Are you able to translate some of your experiences to them and, and, and sort of help them navigate that? So translating to them, I am taking on two new individuals and it's understanding that we thank the family for what they've been able to do for their individuals thus far and trying to come to a common ground of understanding that Although they may not be able to take care of them at home, we now can provide that same service so that they get to enjoy the lighter years with their relatives instead of overseeing medical appointments and finances. Let us take on that, what some people may call a burden, so that you can enjoy the lighter years within your family's life, whether it be your brother, your sister, your son, or your daughter. Yeah. It's a really good point because I think um, there are a lot of people that make assumptions about people who have developmental disabilities, right? And our job is to help those people reach their maximum potential. Tell us a little bit about some of the things that we do to help people make their, reach their potential. So reaching their potential is, of course, completing an assessment on them and seeing what they can already do. Yeah. And understanding that even if they complete a goal that may not be outlined in the way that we expect it to be done, they can still do it. So having ISP goals that they need to attend to. So whether you're assigning a staff member to make sure this individual is able to walk or feed themselves, prompting them, whether it be verbal or physical prompts, so that they're able to meet that goal. Because I'm a firm believer in either use a skill or lose it, or earn a skill so that you can continue to lose, use it. Yeah, so you're constantly assessing and working with people and presumably working with families. Are most of the people that live um, in in your home uh, attached to family that they visit on a regular basis? I have some that do have family involvement and then I have others, unfortunately, they do not have family involvement. And we take on that aspect of being their family because we see them more than sometimes we see our own. Yeah, yeah. Shifting um, a little bit towards what goes on at BAMSI, um, what do you think about all of the offerings for training that we have here? Because you don't necessarily come into this job with a, with all of the skill sets, right? Uh, what are some of the things that you've done training-wise that have helped you? 
So training wise, that has helped me is going to our organizational trainings, tapping into our brown bag trainings to see what aligns with the work that I need to do and understanding that it's not just the page push system, but it's aligning yourself with those trainings that you feel are needed for you with our tuition reimbursement. So looking up courses that BMC may be able to reimburse to a certain percentage, advocating to the staff members that do want to become LPNs to get into that program that BMC will help underneath a certain degree. Wait, so BMC will help somebody in their career when they go to school will help with some of those payments? Yes. Yeah, that's a great benefit. It is. And do we and we encourage people, you know, there, there's a career pathway for those people, right? There's a career pathway and understanding that you're not just working for the company. The company ultimately is working for you. No one enters a company and expects to just be stagnant in that position. So it's helpful that BMC does offer those to our staff members and myself. And in a way, you're an example of that, right? Somebody yes. who bought a skill set, somebody who had a calling, somebody who heard something in a classroom a few years ago. I was going to say all those years ago, only a few years ago, um, and and then committed to this career. We 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 talk about wanting people to develop at Bamsey. Sometimes those people leave, right? Um, yes. And 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 our job is to encourage them to come back, right? Yes, our job is to encourage them to come back. Yeah. So um, as we talk about careers at Bamsey, um, I, I sort of tell this story often that, you know, when I was a kid, my father worked on um, on the trawlers and it, and it used to say hands wanted um, on the doors looking for work. And I used to think, well, why don't you want the rest of the, that person? I like to think of as Bamsey as an organization that sort of takes care of and nurtures people. Have you found that um, over the years that you've been with them? And are you doing that with the people that you're working with? I'm definitely doing it with the people that I work with. And I think I've found that. So understanding just because you currently don't pose the skill to be a human services worker, it's applied to the job and will give you the training that you need so that you can be an excellent human services worker. Do, what do you see for the future for yourself, Danica, in, in terms of where you want to end up? So where do I want to end up? <laughs> so to me, I feel like I have two different callings. If I choose to stay with BMC, of course, I do want to progress through the leadership and becoming an assistant director and then one day, hopefully a director. If I choose not to, then I do have a separate calling of midwife retreat, which is on the infant side of things. Oh, right. Yeah, well, I could see the connection uh, with those things. And that, and, and I think the organization has a, a duty to everybody that works uh, with us. And we'll talk about this in, in terms of our diversity, equity, and inclusion work in the next few weeks to make sure that everybody has the same opportunity to get that training and push on in their career. Um, and uh, and I definitely hope that you do that, Jenica. I hope so too. <laughs> so um, as we begin to think about uh, BAMSI and we think about your uh, progression, um, are we doing things the right way? I mean, I think it's, it's interesting when you have orientation and you say, these are our core values. Um, are there things that we should do be doing differently as an organization? Are there things that we should be concentrating on? And that's probably a bigger conversation than this, but are, are there, is there anything that strikes you as things that we should be doing differently? I do feel like there's areas of improvement um, with our training system. A bulk of it is on the program manager outside of the training department. So it will be seeing having that staff member stay with the training department for at least two weeks before we would be seeing them in-house would make it a 
lot lighter on the program manager to make sure that person has all the upfront trainings that they need prior to laying within the home to work with an individual. I think that's a good idea. And I think that's something that we are talking about in terms of improving our orientation period, making sure people have the skill sets that they need as they come you know, onto the floor. How about communication? Do you think the organization can com- communicate differently um, or, or in a better way? Um, with communication, I would like to see the agency offer some of our newsletters in multiple languages doing two. Most of our staff are bilingual or trilingual. And some of them, although they understand the basic mix of English, sometimes I feel like it would hone home a lot more if they saw it in their native language. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably a good idea. And we often talk about elevator speech. We talk about why it is, you know, what's your elevator speech about Bamsey? And I'm, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but um, we often look at why people leave organizations and we're right to do that because we can improve. But what makes you stay? What makes you stay at Bamsey? My individuals. Yeah. By far, my individuals. I deeply, deeply have a soft spot for my individuals. That is so much the right answer. And I think, you know, um, as we work with our people coming into the program, um, as soon as our staff make that connection, they tend to stay, don't they? they yes. They, they, and, and most every one of them says, it's the individuals that I work with and the staff that, I, that help me um, work with the individuals. So I think that's a very common thing um, to hear in a human service organization. Common, but 100% true. Absolutely. Well, Danica, thank you so much for coming. It's It's been a pleasure to chat with you. Um, and as we go forward, hopefully you can come back and we can talk about where you are uh, in your in your career with Bamsey and, and get an update. Thank you, Peter. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much. Thanks, everybody. That was Humanity First, and we'll see you all next week. Bye.